Attention to roll call. Welcome to the 265 Police Live Series. Brought to you by the New York's finest retired and unfiltered podcast. The mission of this podcast is to provide expert analysis of past and present law enforcement related events with a trained eye. Listen to the boots on the ground weigh in on the court of public opinion. Attention to roll call. Welcome. <laughs> hey, we get attention to roll call twice. Well, everybody, how you doing? 265 Police Live brought to you by New York's finest retired unfiltered podcast. I'm Eric Did, most complained cop, NYPD. Along with me is my co-host and also the founder of the New York's finest retired unfiltered podcast, John McCarry, forced to retire due to the vaccine. And of course, uh, Sal Greco, who's been standing strong, who's been wrongfully turned by the New York City Police Department with hypocrisy and atrocities that are comparable to the uh, invitation and the uh, escorting of the New York City Police Department of Cardi B. So, Sal Greco, thank you. We know you're pressed for time today. You've been a busy man bouncing around. Uh, I just want to say before we go into this, uh, we've heard some comments that unfortunately people can't hear me, which is great. I think they actually want to listen to me. So I actually went out and I got this big helmet. I got this mic so I can talk. So, But, Sal, listen, I want to welcome you. Why don't we just go right into it and tell us what's going on with you and uh, we'll give you an opportunity so you can get out of here and go on to your next show and then John and I can talk about you. <laughs> uh, well, listen, uh, John and, and Eric, listen, thanks for letting me on again. And, you know, I'm, I'm on here because you guys, like I said, you've been loyal and you're super supportive of me. And you're also critiquing the New York City Police Department because <laughs> all three of us know this job very well. And it's an, it's an honor to be here, and I always applaud everything that you do, whether it's on Twitter, on Instagram, on your podcast. You guys are really making a difference out there, I believe, for all the officers that are unfortunately still trapped behind enemy lines right now. So with that being said, today has been uh, in a whirlwind of events. It, it started at around noon or after, like, uh, 1 o'clock. I started getting uh, a lot of calls. Apparently today... And I believe this is direct correlation of my amended lawsuit. The chief of the police academy, Juanita Holmes, 30, 30 year veteran of the, of the New York City Police Department, he was terminated by the police commissioner. She was let go, or she was asked to go, because as you know, the chiefs all serve at the pleasure of the police commissioner. So she was let go. And it's basically, they were saying because she had. Cardi B, who's a convicted criminal and gang member, come to a secure police facility, which is the police academy, where they also, I believe, as I read in the article, were shifting around 400 recruits to different areas of the police academy so they could either, uh, you know, do their daily business as they're supposed to there and learn, or they might have been taking pictures and associating with Cardi B. It's one or the other. Either way, it did state that the police commissioner directly terminated her or let her go because of the police academy incident. And it's no coincidence, and I believe that it's no coincidence and it's due to my lawsuit. Because as I mentioned in there, as we stated before, you cannot wrongfully and knowingly associate with someone who's likely to have engaged in or engaged in criminal activity. 
The police department stated that Roger Stone, my friend, falls under this uh, procedure, this directive. So if you terminated me, and as it was stated by the police commissioner, she rubber stamped what the judge in my trial had said, that my continued employment with the New York City Police Department would be detrimental to them due to my relationship with Roger Stone, then I counter and say, well, the police commissioner should be fired by the mayor, Eric Adams, because she had to have invited or allowed Cardi B to come to the police academy. She's a convicted criminal, a gang member. She also is very adversarial to the police department. She's she's rapped a ton of songs and she hates the police. And it was a secure police facility. And she was there hobnobbing with everyone. Yes, community affairs officers. Yet they all should be investigated right now under the same the same procedure, the same exact procedure that they terminated me for. So right now, I should think there should be, just by what they were saying, there should be over 400 investigations right now to on these officers for associating with a criminal. Now, if you're going to go on the logic of what the police commissioner said, she did state, oh, it was uh, the chief of the police academy. He was the one that invited Cardi B. So if you want to put the blame on her, which right now, you know, all three of us who have been employed by the NYPD for two decades at least, we know that is, you know, ifugazi. Okay, so if you say it is, it is Juanita Holmes that was uh, that invited her, then there's a complete total failure of the structure in the, in the New York City Police Department. Because as you know, there is no way and absolutely no way. And you guys are supervisors. You know, you've had to write uh, command disciplines. You've had to do things. Every piece of paper, when you sign to take a day off on this job, would have to be approved by the police commissioner. Someone in her office, whether it's a lieutenant, a sergeant, or some underling, has to inform the police commissioner, by the way, this event is happening, or, whatever, or you have to sign this, or whatever the case is. And as you know, I don't know if other people know this, the police commissioner every morning gets a briefing on what's going on in the department as far as cops that they're investigating or other issues that are going on in the department or things that are going on in the street. So to make people believe like a blindfold here and say the police commissioner has no idea that Cardi B came to the police academy is basically trying to laugh in your face while they walk all the way down to like down the yellow brick road. And this has been something the police department has done for more than 40 years at this point, ever since they implemented this ridiculous, you know, draconian rule that, oh, you're likely to have engaged in criminal activity. Oh, no, you picture with him, you know, oh, let, let's railroad the guy. And that's that's basically what this is. And all I'm bringing on in my, in my lawsuit is you must have one standard for everyone. There's no exceptions to that rule. So if you terminated me for saying that I was engaged, I was with someone that likely engaged in criminal activity, then you should have over 400 investigations right now, and at least four, 400 to 450 terminations. That's that's just the way this works. Because it's one rule, one standard, equal protection. Well, wow. you know what? I just want to break this down for the public so that they understand. Sal Greco was a 14-year veteran of the New York City Police Department. He was wrongfully terminated due to his association with Roger Stone. According to the New York City Patrol Guide, Sal Greco was not supposed to have an association with Roger Stone because he's 
apparently a convicted felon, which is considered uh, a violation of the New York City Police Department patrol guide. However, there's a caveat to this. Roger Stone received a full pardon by former uh, President Donald Trump, which, according to my research, and John and I have talked about this numerous times, means that his record has been exonerated. He has the right to vote, and he has the right to carry a firearm. So that association would not apply. And then it's our opinion that the discipline matrix that was implemented by our former uh, predecessor commissioner, Dermot Shea, which implemented the disciplinary matrix, was weaponized against Sal Greco to have him terminated because of his alliance and his uh, political affiliation and his friendship, ultimately, with Roger Stone. At this point... Sal Greco has seen hypocrisy as Cardi B, who was a known gang member, was paraded around the New York City Police Department. And this is where Sal Greco took the opportunity to reconvene with his lawyer, amend his complaint. And it's our opinion, based on that and also tweets that have been put out by John McCarry on behalf of New York Times Paradigm Filter Podcast and also the roundtable that we have with Roger Stone, had put political pressure on the NYPD to make a, a move as a knee-jerk reaction in regards to this. John, what are your thoughts? I mean, there's, there's a bunch of different things, but my initial feeling is, I, I you know, I, t I tweeted it out earlier today. I said, this is political theater. Uh, she was given <laughs> a promotion and a pay raise for being the fall guy for the hypocrisy that was exposed for having Cardi at the Cardi B event. I said, the, now, the, you know, Sal Greco revised his lawsuit and the NYPD is scrambling to cover. And that's what I really feel. I feel that, you know, I, like they don't have a leg to stand on anymore. So what's the obvious thing? Oh, I didn't know about it. It was her. So oh, it was her. So we're gonna move her. But not only are we, oh, not she's not even doing a lateral. She's now a, a commissioner. She's getting a raise. She's getting a promotion. I mean, that's the that's that it's political theater. I mean, that, and that's my opinion. You know, I've I've heard other theories that Juanita Holmes is working directly with the deputy commissioner of public safety. The 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 in fact police commissioner Phil Bay <laughs> and 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 uh, uh, New York City Mayor Adams to go around the police commissioner, but I'm not buying it. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The buck stops with her. She's the police commissioner, and then just like Sal saying, if it doesn't matter, the NYPD sponsored that. Juanita Holmes is a city manager. She's a three-star chief. The NYPD, as whether the police commissioner was in there or not, she was acting on behalf of the police commissioner. They sanctioned that event. And Eric, do me a favor. Just pull that mic a little bit away from your face. We can hear you breathing in there. <laughs> hey, this is my first time using it. I got to get used to this. Yeah. Is, is that better? Or you, you just want to yeah. see my face? I know I, I just want to see. I just want to see it. Thank you. I hope we're pretty. What do you think, Eric? You just mentioned one thing, though, John. You said she's a three-star chief. Now, you know, because we're all veterans of this, this job. Now, when you're in the street, obviously a three-star chief would make decisions, you know, if they're out there in the street during a protest or a detail. But as far as an administrative decision goes, they have to still answer to either the, four, or the chief of the department or commissioner. It's just the way this works. There's no way of trying to circumvent this and saying, oh, well, she didn't know. Well, the only only Juanita Holmes know that that's this is definitely not how this works. They're trying to pull a kabuki theater on everybody. And <laughs> I want to also prove something else here, because if you look right now on the NYPD Community Affairs page, they all of a sudden after the New York Daily News article have deleted any pictures that they had when they were all 
you know, twerking and high-fiving and dancing with convicted criminal and gang member Cardi B. So that should just show you what you, and by the way, for anyone who is watching under a deposition, which is where I'm at now, all this stuff that you think you erased and got rid of, you have subpoenas for this. These are real subpoenas now. And the judge will have to make a decision allowed, but it's deposition. So now, now in discovery and depositions, this is where it matters. So all of this stuff you're seeing now, who's blaming who? And this is a classic New York City Police Department move. Because as you know, Eric Adams was the mayor. He learned how to be the mayor because he was a captain. And one thing they teach you in NYPD as a, as a supervisor, when you get that high and you high five and not and hot and hot and uh, hobnobbing with people, you talk out of both sides of your mouth. And he's very good at that. Eric Adams is a skilled person when it comes to talking, and he's a very well dressed politician, probably the best one out there. Right? I got to give him that. But he does talk out of both sides of his mouth. But in the, in the end of the day, he's still the buck stops with him. So in my case, and in this case, how do you say he can't? He doesn't fire the police commission because the police commission can't fire herself. He would have to step in, and then it'd be over 450 people at least that would be investigated and terminated because you were using the same logic they used against me. You can't associate with somebody, or is it what? I, the, the reality is they just want to be the arbiters and moderators of the content. Roger Stone is bad. Cardi B is good. That's what they're trying to tell you. And I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know if that's a good legal argument because by what they're saying. There is no exceptions to that rule. So you can't say, and under the Constitution, you can't say, well, he's good and this one's bad. Because it's one rule for all, even in the New York City Police Department. And I know they want to window dress things and put, oh, well, he's uncompensated security. That is window dressing. That was the catch-all. They want to make you into, he's bad because he's security and he's pictured with this guy and that guy. Listen, look at what they just did. And this is the whole upper management of the NYPD. And they're all hobnobbing with this person. And those people in community affairs, these are all people that are hobnobbing with the upper management and Eric Adams administration. So what they do is okay. So what's good for me is not good for you. That's that's the message here. And that's what people need to look at. Because I was saying this, you know, when I first started and I was began my lawsuit, you know, and it kind of felt like Rocky IV, where you remember when Rocky was fighting Drago in the movie. He had to go to the Soviet Union to go fight Drago. When he went there and he came out, people booed him and they were throwing things at him because he's the American, he's the underdog. And then what happened during the fight? The people started cheering for Rocky. As time went on, people saw that Rocky was the hard worker, he's the average Joe, and Drago was this steroid abuser. And, you know, he was losing, he was losing steam in that fight. And as time went on, they, they started cheering for him more and more. And at the very end, in the final round, in the final minute, Rocky finally knocks out Drago and wins. And that's what I'm going for. I'm going for a knockout now because what seemed implausible way back when I got terminated now doesn't seem that, that crazy anymore because now you're seeing it for what it is. The truth has finally arisen little by little by little. You're noticing the hypocrisy and how this department has run for many decades and we're just all victims of what happened. All, all three of us have had our own situation, me being the latest one. But when you're supporting me and you're praying for me and you're behind me, this is what that power does when you support someone. 
So I remember when people were against me, you're a grifter, all this crazy stuff they were saying. Now, you're not saying that too much now because now you're seeing how the difference is when you're praying for someone and you're believing in someone and when everybody's in unity. And I mean everybody in unity, not the truth and the power of the light comes through. And that's why people should go to church. That's why you should believe in your faith and your in God and in Jesus. This is what that this makes the, the all the difference in the world. And since I've been doing this and I've been hardcore about it, I've noticed a big change in everything that's happened to me, especially in this case. And I you know, you know us, we're in the NYPD, let's face it. Law enforcement and NYPD in general, it's a godless environment. Oh, I need a day off. I want I remember how many times people you know, I go to church on some now. It's, you got to work. What are you kidding me? What do you mean? You can't even go in a corner. You know, I remember if you're a Catholic, they would laugh at you. Oh, everybody's a Catholic on that job. It's a godless environment. And people need to return to having faith. This was something that was installed many years ago from the Lord himself. If you have faith, you'll see that things in your life change and you're positive. And you always have to stay positive because, look, I've had many obstacles in my career very recently. And listen, I could have been any, I could have been like anyone else and just get steamrolled and go, oh, it's over. I give up. But no, that's not how it is. That's not how what that person up there, that what that man would want. You never give up. Because you know what? When you're right, you keep fighting. And I don't mean physically fighting, but you spiritually you fight. Because we're in a spiritual war, Eric and John. This is what this really is all about. And it starts in something that's truly a negative environment and that's the police department as you know i mean how many of us walked in and go oh my god i mean i'm back here you're dragging your feet you're going oh i, I can't take it anymore you know the co wants this and the lieutenant says that and then you got this cop who, who does nothing but get in trouble and once you're away from this you start noticing wow what my life is really different when i'm not around all this negative and negativity in the, in the police department because that's all it is. It's truly a godless environment. And it's very hard to anyone get to the 20th year. I, I commend anyone who gets to the 20 years. Now it's, what, 22 or 25 years now they're saying. So to get to that 20th year, it's almost a, a miracle. Unless you're one of these guys that hides with the hobnobs with all these people up top. But if you're a regular cop, you're struggling just to get there. Because I know the feeling. I was there. And this, the most important part for me, and what I tell everybody, is that you need to have belief and you need to have your faith because it trust me the lord will reward you things like today just don't happen as you know you in less than 24 hours the nypd has responded and it's it's a disaster right what they how they just responded and this kind of stuff doesn't happen just for a regular joe or regular guy because you know the nypd never responds to anything but when you see that the amount of support and how many people pray and that's this is what what happens, and that's what people need to go back to. Listen, when I rest, when I used to arrest people, even when I pulled them over, I spoke to them. I always had a talk, like, whether it was later on or whatever. And I said, "Listen, don't make this change your life. Don't become like a hardcore criminal. When you get arrested, or listen, your DWI, or I wrote you a summons, just don't go down this road because you you're always redeemable. Not only just by the law or by by the way the city or the state looks at you, but in the, in the eyes of the Lord, people are redeemable. That's why you don't pull people over and write summonses left and right. Because you know something? That makes you a soldier. And they, in this godless environment, loves loves that. They love it. They love you to be a little soldier. But remember, the minute you catch the ire of one of them, 
they'll spit you, they'll chew you up and spit you out at the same moment. And that's really what my message for people is that you really, the belief in your faith, if you continue to believe, you'll be rewarded. And trust me, a day like today where, I mean, just when I started, you would never think anything like this, all the, what is this whole fiasco and stuff. And believe me, it's not because of that, what was it, that mile and a half run she canceled? Nobody cares about this stuff. It's because there's a lawsuit, because people are named, and now they're running and pointing fingers just like they always – this is how the police departments run. And it doesn't matter whether it's uh, who the police commissioner is now or O'Neill or whoever it was before. It's the culture. It's that culture that's been – you know, in it's been embedded in the NYPD, and it's, it's always been like this from, from way before we even were on this job. And now you're seeing it play out, and everyone is seeing it. This is this is how it is. It doesn't matter who's – you could change the names and the faces, but it's still the same thing no matter how you look at it. And it's truly a godless environment. I pray for anyone who's on that job and is just trying to do the right thing. For others that you're still lost soul or you have a problem, we're still going to pray for you because you're still a human being. And even anyone that's been arrested or whatever – I mean, apparently, you know, if you got arrested and your name is Roger Stone, you're not redeemable by these people. But for everyone else, and you are a criminal or, you know, you, you, you're deemed a criminal, you're still redeemable because there's still time. It doesn't mean that you're condemned. So that's really my message is that, you know, the power of your faith and, and, and just believing not only in yourself but in others and staying positive and being positive, everybody, that what changes the world. And you wouldn't see something like today without it. Because today was almost, I don't even know. It's a surreal feeling, to be honest. Well, one thing we know is true. The NYPD does a great job of always having the same horse. They have different units that get disbanded, and they rename it, and they give it a different appearance. But ultimately, it's always the same thing. And it's the same thing that happened here. They shuffle cards around. It's the same horse, different color. You know what? John and I talked about this earlier. We love talking online and we do our research and we really, you know, do an analysis of all the events that are happening and give our own perspectives before we actually start putting out these shows. And one thing John had said earlier, and I, I completely agree, he said, by no stretch of means is this a victory. And I agree. It's not a total victory, but it's a step in the right direction. It's a step showing that the NYPD is actually penetrable. It, the NYPD has weaknesses. You know what? The NYPD is in disbelief that they have total immunity. And, and it's unfortunate because that's the way the NYPD has operated for most of the time. But here, we actually have two former lieutenants, yourself, we've banded together, we're showing strength in numbers, and we're showing that you could actually stand proud with moral principle. And with moral principle, there's strength. And I always say it, I'd rather die for something than live for nothing death before dishonor. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're showing that you're honorable. You stood tall. You didn't just let the NYPD steamroll you. You stood tall and you've waited patiently for your moment and your moment has come together. And what we know is clear. This is unfolding in different directions. For one, nothing in the New York City Police Department moves without notification throughout the department when something is newsworthy. John and I were both lieutenants, and it's so important every supervisor that's watching this and anyone that wants to become a supervisor. The most important thing on this job is an unusual occurrence report, or some people refer to it as a 49, that is prepared post a major incident that may be newsworthy.
Anything that's newsworthy must make it up the chain of command and back down to the troops. So Cardi B having community service with the New York City Police Department and being paraded around by chiefs was newsworthy, and that went through the entire New York City Police Department. So for Mayor Eric Adams and for the police commissioner, and along with our actual real commissioner, Philip Banks, to actually remove Chief Juanita Holmes from her position. And, John, you, you know what? In some ways, you're 100% right. You know what? It was a little hush-hush. We're just going to move you from training. And we're going to give you a better position. Just keep your mouth shut. They all worked out a deal. But at the same token, they threw her under the bus to save everyone else. It's absolutely ridiculous to sell this belief to the public that no one knew. Because if that was the case, that no one knew, shame on you. That would be even worse, that you have no idea what's going on in your department. And that's be shameful. And we know they do know what's going on in the department. They don't have any extreme leadership, any vision, which they do talk both sides of their mouth. But they absolutely knew Cardi B was going to be there. And until this was exposed, and John says it all the time, they're drunk with power. There was no idea that there would be any repercussions or any political pressure in regards to this. So it's not a complete victory, but it is a step in the right direction. So I do think you deserve the right to be uh, celebrating. Because you have went through pain, anguish, and suffering through the past time since you've been terminated with the police department. Your life has been turned upside down. However, you're on a new path, and I think that your life is going to be even better. And now you have a complete significance and purpose. And you are serving your purpose. And that's why it's so important that people understand. Sal Greco, you are every cop out there right now. You represent John. You represent myself because what happened to you can happen to anyone. And it will go f happen further if we don't put our foot our feet to the ground because with this disciplinary matrix, any violation could become an aggravating factor and lead to your termination. John had talked about it, the stands and assessment unit. And it's a basically inspections unit that's supposed to go around and make sure that that appearance is up to par. But if, if enough violations, these minor violations get accumulated, I do believe that it can be used as an aggravating factor to remove anyone that this job wants to remove from the New York City Police Department. And it can be weaponized in that facet. So it's important that we actually keep our feet to the ground and we watch as closely. John, what are your thoughts? I, I think you said it very well. Sal's fight is everybody's fight. The guys that don't even like Sal, you should be supporting him. Because the bottom line is, it could be you. It could 100% be you. You know, And I, I didn't know Sal before we were on the job, but I spoke to a lot of supervisors that Sal worked for and they didn't have a bad thing to say about Sal. They said Sal kept to himself. He kept his head down. He did his job. He was a good cop. He wasn't a troublemaker. He was always on time. He did all his work, you know. And, and I mean, and regardless of your political beliefs, I mean, th this is not okay. What happens if I, if I decide to run for mayor and now you have a white ring, uh, right wing extremist in the mayor office and, I, and I'm, I'm throwing Democrats out and I'm kicking uh, people who vote who voted for AOC out and I'm firing them because they were they were they stood next to a political figure. I mean, it's not OK. This is, this is not America. This is not the America that I was raised in. This is not the America that I, I was brought up to to honor and love this is something that i've read in stalin's russia and hitler's germany it's it south sal, sal greco's fight is everybody's fight everybody should join in i mean anybody that could help him out you know this is an expensive battle as you can see this has been going on for months help this new york 
it's it's spelled helpthisnycop.com. If you could donate just a little bit of money to Sal to help him in this fight, because obviously this has been going on for months. You know, he 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 was a hundred percent right when this stuff came out to revise his lawsuit and have the actual police commissioner named in his lawsuit now. And believe me, they are scrambling up there tonight. They've been scrambling up there since about 12 o'clock. And this is this is the plan they came up with. Let's send Juanita home to be the commissioner of probation and give her a raise and, and, and a thing. And we'll just blame everything on her and say she's out of the police department. It's unacceptable. It's political theater. I'm not buying it. They said it right, right, right there, John. It's all political theater. Everything that was done was political, the whole thing. And but that's how the department operates. And everybody out there doesn't. I don't think they know or realize it. But that's that's the NYPD. It's a political arm of whoever's in charge in in the city at that time. That's what that's what it's become. It wasn't really that. I mean, I remember a time when I first got on. It was still kind of like you know we we're trying to do the right thing and. You know, you know, and enforce the law. But now it's more of we're going to enforce political crimes. That's what we're going to look. And if political crime is a thought crime or we just don't like who he's associating with or we know this guy is involved in the party, the Republican party. So let's go after him. And that's what this has become. I remember a time where I knew guys that were Democrats and literally we would just sit there and say, oh, you know, whatever, you know, that guy liked Bill Clinton and this guy liked Barack Obama and that guy liked uh, George Bush. And then you'd be like, all right, well, let's go have an espresso together. Like, who cares? Like, that's how it was. That that has disappeared. It's now it's like, you know, you you have a relative who's a Democrat. He's looking at, you know, you're at a dinner table. You say, like, Donald Trump's name. This guy's looking to hit you with the bread or something or break a tape. He's trying to break the, uh, the, the dish over your head at the table. So, I mean, this is. Everyone's got to take a, a deep breath and just slow everything down and realize, listen, it's like I said, I've only look at positive things because it's positivity is what you need in your life. I can easily have looked at all those guys I put away, all of them, all those guys that were DWI. And, you know, I was just business, you know, but like you want to always look at this person and go, this is a person at his worst moment. But that's not what you're going to focus on. You're going to talk to this person and bring out what's good in him. You want to find out what he's done in his life, how, what led to this level. When you see all these good things, that's what you point out. And that's what you shine a light on. And you go back and tell this person all these things. And that is how somebody not changes their life, but evolves and realizes that, you know, he may have lost his way, but that doesn't mean he's not, he's not redeemable. Even a guy who's, you know, driven drunk or committed a rock. Now, I don't mean that some people that just they're completely lost and they're just outright criminals. You kind of can feel that when you get there. But with the normal guy or the regular people in the street, you always want to touch them and do the right thing. You want to touch people, make them feel good, because if you feel good, it's like a contagious thing, just like people that are supporting me. That's a contagious thing, because I'm literally now out front for everyone else right now. I'm the guy, I'm leading the charge right now. Whether anybody wants to admit it or not, I mean, I'm the guy in the arena. Because I remember a time when when I looked behind me, the only guy that I had behind me was technically Roger Stone. Because he did come to my trial, my department trial. I remember looking back and other than having a daily news, just write whatever, it was just there. There was nobody there. Everybody there was just there. It was basically going to be a show trial. Sal Greco's already been found guilty. But I remember when Roger walked in the room, all of a sudden, I saw people that were not in uniform go and put their uniform on. 
And it was a little crazy. I, I saw the whole environment, everything in that room changed. Because now they saw, you know what? This Sal and Rob, they really are close friends. Because I wasn't even allowed to speak to that man. They told me for months, you can't associate with him. And they were looking at my phones and all this crazy stuff that was done illegally. So I couldn't even speak to my own. I mean, Rogers, he's one of my best friends, I'll be honest. I mean, I say he's my friend. He's my special counsel. But really, he's like my, probably my closest friend at this point. Because that now I lost my father. I don't have who, – who do I have around me? I mean, I live by him. I've been living alone my whole life. So I couldn't I, – I, I, what were they going to do during my investigation? Keep calling my family? Can't call my mother every day. My mother's already got to deal with the loss of her husband. And here I come with the – I don't know what they're going to do with me. So I kept it myself. It was a very hard time. But I, I have survived all of this. And now when you come out of this, this whole negative mountain that you, you, you've been staring at, and now you see that it's a real spiritual fight. So you're right, Eric and John, you're right that, you know, this may not be a victory, may not be a, a physical victory, we'll say. But you know what it is? It's a spiritual one because you're seeing that there's major cracks in the foundation. And at that, that sleep, that giant that you saw up there, that, that Goliath, it's beatable. It's beatable under the right circumstance. Even if it looks insurmountable, it's really not. Any obstacle can always be overcome, any one of them, especially in life. These people were very arrogant. They're very corrupt, and they just think they're just going to cakewalk over everybody. But then when they get caught, you see all this madness like they did today, which is unheard. I, I've never seen anything like this, and I worked there for 14 years. And I know that I've seen other people sue them, and they never even care. But you saw a quick reaction because you're facing – It's I don't know how they're going to defend you know that rule that's got no exceptions. There are no exceptions. So you really, really should terminate 400 – I hate to – it's a crazy number, but over 400 people, so they all need to be terminated because that's what you said. You, I was detrimental to the police department. What are these 400 people? I mean, using their own logic. So they're, they're in for a fight. And they realize, you know, they thought it was a cakewalk, but it's not going to be a cakewalk now. And at least no matter what happens, I'm in there week. I'm looking to, to, for a knockout. And it's not just for me at this point. It's for everybody. I'm fighting for everybody. So remember everyone out there. Even if you didn't like me, you thought it was a bad guy, you hated me as a cop, whatever the case is. Now I'm really representing you because if they rolled over me, they're going to roll over you next. Because that's how it works. If they see blood in the water, they're going to come and they're going to finish you off. And they're going to go for the next guy and the next guy and the next guy after that. You make a stand, then all of a sudden they back off and go, wait a minute. Because when you make a stand, everybody else wants to gather around that, that one person that's making that stand. And that's how this works. So, again, guys, you guys got to pray. You got to believe. You got to have God in your life. You can't let these people tell you what to do. And how, and how to run your life, especially. I know how it is. Oh, you got to work. You got to do overtime. They they love this stuff. Trust me. I know people in the administration, you know, the admin office that would just look and go, I can't wait to tell, you know, Charlie that he's got overtime. I know he hates it. I mean, who gets off on that? And I remember when I was working, I used to almost think the same way. And you look back and go, man, I'm, that's not who I am. But that's how the culture is. It's godless. And that's what I'm trying to point out. And when you really think about it, you know, when you if you stop and think about what I'm saying, you're going to realize that I'm telling you the truth. It's a godless environment. And 
You need that in your life. And that's what the, everything has been about. It's truly a spiritual war. Whether you want to admit it or not, and you think about it, because I remember in the back of that, that, that $1 bill, and it was always saying, in God we trust. And I think people, that's what people have forgotten. They, they have forgotten to trust the Lord. And that's why you're seeing everything that you see today in the country and in the world is because you've lost your faith. If you have your faith and you believe in it, none of this crazy stuff would be happening. And I, I really feel sorry for many of these officers. And I, I remember, you know, I, I kind of trained the, a, a few of them. I keep an eye on them. And it's just they're all miserable. People I work with are miserable. And it, it shouldn't be that way. You should go to work and be happy and have friends, you know, kind of like we are now. But I'm telling you, if we all knew each other when we worked. We would have probably hated each other because that's just the way the environment is. Everybody hates each other, which is it's it's crazy. But once again, I say to everyone, you need to find your belief and your faith in the Lord. It's the most important thing here. And uh, I got actually got to run now. But uh, listen, guys, I'm uh, I really appreciate coming on here. And I kind of feel like, you know, I'm talking to my old coworkers and people on this job that may, may know me, may not know me. And listen, it means the world to me that you guys out there, you two, especially, you know, Roger and all these other people, you do tweet things for me. You, you, you go out there and support me. You know, you come back at people if they say something stupid. I don't really see that no more though, but the people that didn't believe in me and now you're turning those people that were either in the middle or against me, they're slowly turning around and saying, we need to be behind that guy, whether we like him or not. Because that's all this is about. You don't have to like somebody. Kind of like the pre but President Trump, you may not like the guy, but heck, his policies sure worked. As you see that three years later, now you're seeing, wow, I wish Trump was still the president, right? But, oh, we didn't like his mean tweets. That's insane. But I'm just using that as an example. You may not like me. You may not like my content or what I'm saying, but you know what? You should be behind me only because as if this happens, if they steamroll me, they're going to steamroll everyone else. So just, just remember, especially in the NYPD. But right now this is being talked about because somebody finally caught them in the act of something stupid because they've been doing this for 40 years. And here's the only chance we have of maybe, I don't know, revoking this ridiculous rule. You know, that'd be the, one of the first things that should happen. Stricken this whole thing from the patrol guide and how they use that disciplinary matrix, which Eric is mentioning. That's a whole new that's they they were dying to use that because that's they've been wanting to do that for years. And they're going to they're going to try to ram it down everyone's throat using it because they could fire anybody with that aggravated penalty stuff. So people really need to look. You really need to think about what I'm doing here and how I'm doing it. And what my reasoning is for it. Because, listen, I, like I said, I could have quit a long time ago. I could have even said, oh, I got fired. I'll take a job. You know what? Maybe I could go into politics. I could, but I didn't. I made that stand and said, this could happen to someone else. That was always my reasoning. I'm not here to clout chase. I'm not here to be rich and famous. I've always tried to do the right thing. And when I do this, too, I not only do it for me and for all my supporters and everyone out there, whether you like me or not, but in memory of my father, because it still weighs on me that that man sits in an urn right now. And nobody even knows. A lot of people do not know that that man passed away because I couldn't speak to his friends because these idiots back in internal affairs or whoever else they were talking to, Congress, the federal government, 
We're monitoring my phone saying he's talking to this guy. He's talking to that guy because that's what came out in discovery. So if I called my father's friend and let's say he had a parking ticket, maybe he would have sent the guy to watch his house. So that's what really was going on behind the scenes with this. <laughs> so this, I'll never forget. This is from my really, in the end, it's for everybody. It's, it's for anyone that's been screwed over. It's for everyone that supports me. It's for that guy up there and for the memory of my father, a man that deserves, he deserves much better than, than how this all ended for the, for, for that man. And, and uh, you know, with that, I say, you know, God bless you all. God bless you, Eric. God bless you, John. It's been an honor to be here. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's truly a surreal feeling for the moment right now, but the fight will go on and believe me, you know, I will never quit. I will keep going as far as it has to go until it reaches a finality. And like I said, I truly believe everyone out there, faith, have faith. That's the most important thing in life. And keep and just keep your keep your head down and keep believing. And pray every day and pray all night. Do not let them take that away from you. That's the most important thing in your life is your faith. And everything else will fall into play, I promise. All right. And with that, guys, I'll see you on the next one. Sal, thank you, brother. Sal, as always, man. Thank you, brother. We appreciate it. I love you guys. All right. Be good. Stay safe. All right. Thank you. you. Have a good one. Yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, I mean, that's it, it is what it is. I mean, he said he definitely deserves a victory lap. I mean, the kid's been put through absolute hell. If you guys could help him, help this nycop.com. I mean, you know, he just poured his heart out there. I mean, this is months and months of agony. He's unable to get another job in law enforcement. He's unable to get many jobs. I mean, when you're terminated from the police department, I mean, he looks like he did something criminal when really he did nothing. What, he did nothing wrong. He did nothing different than what happened at that Cardia B event. And like Eric said, I always say they're drunk on power. They expose that hypocrisy without even flinching, without even thinking they did anything wrong. They were promoting it all over the place. And then Sal, I throw out the tweet, Sal revises his lawsuit, the media picks it up, and bam, they're pulling down all their tweets with all the showing Cardi B everywhere, all their messages. <laughs> but what you guys don't know is I figured you were going to do that. So I videoed everything and I took all the photos and I sent it to Sal. So it all his lawyers. There we go. I'm gonna, I just got to plug in real quick. Keep going. No, no, no problem. You know what? It, it, it's it's at the point where I, it's just, I think that this is, you know, a pinnacle moment where we really get an opportunity to understand why the leaders or lack of leaders, the actual management of the New York City Police Department never speaks out. I've been saying this since the beginning of the inception of this podcast is I'm waiting for an older man or older woman who is a chief to speak out about the atrocities of the police department. But the reason that they don't, as I initially said, is because they're creating a pathway for their sons and daughters on the job. Or in some cases, someone owes someone a favor. And just like right now, they shuffle the cards. And so that Chief, Juan Chief Juanita Holmes was given a deal behind closed doors where she would take the fall, but she would also get herself in a better position financially. So she got herself a promotion 
You know, the, it's it's a mirage. The illusion is that she was removed from the New York City Police Department, stripped of her rank, but now she's put in a position where she's a commissioner, where she has an extreme amount of power amongst the New York City Police Department as a civilian entity. Her financial status is it might even be better as a chief. I have to take a look and see what the what the pay scale of a commissioner is, but it might even be better. So, you know, great job. This exactly answers and solidifies the question I have said since the Inceptionist podcast, John, is why aren't any of these chiefs speaking out about the atrocities of the police department? Because the New York City Police Department, from the top down, does a great job of shuffling cards and making sure that everyone owes someone else a favor to keep their mouths shut and hush-hush. And that's exactly what happened here. Juanita Holmes is the fall guy or fall gal, if you want to say, in this particular incident, because there is no way that Cardi B got paraded around the New York City Police Department, because that's newsworthy. There's no way that the police commissioner, Philip Banks, and the police commissioner, Commissioner Sewell, along with Mayor Eric Adams, had no idea. Because if Chief Holmes was to actually have Cardi B paraded around the New York City Police without their knowledge, they would be held to pay behind closed doors. And you and I know that. So... For them to actually put out this message is a complete farce. But exactly, the police department always takes a knee-jerk reaction. And this was their knee-jerk reaction, shuffling the cards immediately when they were, their backs were pushed to the wall. And they sold out their own. They sold out Juanita Holmes. But Juanita Holmes, it was self-preservation. And she felt it was more important to take a commissioner job because it's more money, it's more spe more status, than to actually stand up for moral principle and actually expose the atrocity that's going on with the New York City Police Department. Again, I'm still waiting for that chief to come out, and we have yet to see it. Yet. I'm hoping one day there will be one. That's all I'm asking for, and we haven't seen it yet. You know what? Forget them, bro. We're out here. We're saying what we got to say. Forget them. I don't even want anybody at this point. All of a sudden, now all these old chiefs and commissioners, everybody's following my Instagram, messaging me on LinkedIn, all this stuff. Forget you. Honestly, it's it's so late. Your, your time came and went. They've been lying to themselves and everybody for so long that they don't even know what's up and down anymore. They probably believe this. I mean, but but go, go on NewYorkCity.gov. Go on NewYorkCity.gov. Read Mayor Adams appoints Juanita and Holmes as New York City Probation Commissioner. I mean, so we're saying that she went around the police commissioner. The police commissioner had no idea, had no idea that Cardi B was coming there. The police commissioner had no idea that she was going <laughs> to drop the front. I mean, like, it's, it's not. So this is what we're saying. But this is what New York City Mayor Eric Adams has to say about Juanita Holmes today. This is what he has to say. Commissioner Holmes is a dynamic leader who understands <laughs> the importance of both safety and justice. And as is the right choice to move this department forward for the residents of New York City, said Mayor Adams, her vision to enhance the department's focus to, up, to focus on upstream solutions to aid people leaving the criminal justice system and combat recidivism are critical to our mission to keep New York the safest big city in America. And then the now acting police commissioner, deputy mayor of safety, Philip Banks III, 
The Department of Probation needs to be led by someone with a deep understanding of the delicate lines between rehabilitation and accountability and commission a home with that leader. So she failed to notify the police commission of Cardi B, but this is the applaud ceremony that she gets. Again, it's a promotion. I believe it's a race. I'm pretty sure you're, 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 you're leading an entire department, city of probation. I mean, I'm not buying it. Again, drunk with power. They think you're all stupid. They feed you shit and keep you in the dark. I mean, the minute I read that hotline, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, if she was out of the police department, she's out of city employment totally. Just like I was, just like Eric was, just like Sal Greco was. No, she'll be another millionaire off of taxpayer-funded civil service. For really, I mean, again, we I think we pointed out on the, we pointed out on the last episode that we just released. She didn't have one arrest as a cop. She, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go out there right now. My career was worth way more to the people of New York City than hers was. Eric Dim's career was worth way more to the city than hers was. Like it, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, and it's not a lie. And she went to, she went to a big, high-paying job. She went to a huge, high-paying job in a bank, less than a year. Why? Because she went there and got exposed that the executives in the New York City Police Department are incompetent. That's why she came back to make less money. Not because she missed the job. Well, that's why I say thanks to New York's finest retirement filter podcast. This is a pinnacle moment in history. This is a time where you and I have had the opportunity and we are doing it and we will continue to do it and expose the truth about New York City Police Department and about policing in the modern era and how politics has played a major role, particularly in identity politics and nepotism. And owing favors, which is exactly what we're seeing. On one hand, again, Sal Greco said it before, Mayor Eric Adams does a great job of talking two sides of his mouth. One side of his mouth, Chief Holmes had to be removed because she did not notify her superiors that no one had any knowledge about Cardi B being prayed around the New York City Police Department. But yet, on the other hand, she's an amazing leader and we need to put her in another position. But until you and I have exposed atrocities as such, this would have been something just went under the curtain and went right under the bed and no one would have saw it. But now we have been put in this position. And you know what? I honestly feel you and I have been put on this path. I always say it, I'm not a religious person, but I do believe you and I were put on this path and the path of truth. And that's exactly what now. Police Commissioner Sewell, Police Commissioner Banks, Mayor Eric Adams, they cannot manipulate the media. They cannot manipulate the news. They cannot manipulate the people because you and I are check and balance and we're checking them and we're making sure that the correct information is given to the public. They can tell the public misinformation, but you and I will expose it. And that's exactly what's going on here. Chief Holmes was given a promotion. You're exactly right. She was given a raise to keep her mouth shut, her mouth shut. I called hush money. She was given hush money. Here's this money on the table, and she took it. And you know what I say? Shame on her. This was an opportunity. They were throwing you under the bus. And this was an opportunity for you to stand up, have moral principle. At your point in your life, I'm sure you have plenty of money in the bank to survive well for you and your family. I'm pretty sure she probably has kids, probably has a family. I'm sure she has plenty of money to succeed financially. She should have accomplishments. Unfortunately, her accomplishments do not reflect policing. So I don't know what accomplishments are. 
but I'm hopefully they're substantial enough to have significance and purpose in your life. And you would think that this would be an opportunity for her to stand up and show some backbone about the mismanagement that's going up on top and expose it. But instead, she took the hush money. So to me, that just speaks volumes of what type of person she is. And that's not someone I want to associate myself with. And clearly, it's obvious. She associated herself with Cardi B. Yeah, I mean, but what, what about the police commissioner now? There's the other theory that, oh, she went around the police commissioner. She's working with the mayor and Phil Banks, and they're working around uh, Key Chancellor. Is Key Chancellor – I haven't seen her. Is, is she out looking for a job? I mean – I'm, I'm looking at all these politicians. I'm looking at the Common Sense Caucus, right? And they're kissing Phil Banks' ass. They're asking for more cops. I, I put it out the other day. I said, I'm old enough to remember when that was the police commissioner's job. You know, I'm old enough to remember that when a politician needs something from the police department, they went to the police commissioner. They didn't go to the deputy commissioner of public safety because there never was one before. You know, <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and that's the thing that, like, nobody's picking up on. Like, all the jobs of the police commissioner... She's not really there. I mean, <laughs> except for when it's time to give a, a, a speech. She's almost like a figurehead. But, you know, the real consigliere is there. And he and I believe he will take the reins. I believe we're seeing the last days of Key Chance rule. I'm going to make that prediction. What do you think, Eric? I find it hard to believe that she didn't know. I do believe that she has been in a position where she's a puppet. She's a figurehead. Every time she has an announcement or a speech in regards to a police-involved event that had significance and newsworthy could be a shooting or the death of, of a victim that is substantial in our city of a, of a young child in regards to some uh, heinous crime where we see young kids getting shot all the time. When she speaks out, it never appears to be genuine to me. It appears that she's reading from a script because I do believe that she is in a position as a figurehead. However, I do believe that she knows everything that's going on. I just don't think that her input is important. I do think that she knew exactly what was happening. And, and if that's the case, that the permission and the allotment was from from Banks himself and Eric Adams, that may be so, but I still think she knew. And again, here's someone else that's supposed to be extremely intelligent, was suitable enough to be the police commissioner for New York City Police Department, where is her moral principle? Why is she not standing up and saying, hey, I'm in this position, but I'm being bypassed. I did not put my stamp of approval on, on Cardi B. It's a lot easier to just cower away and say, well, I had no idea. I didn't know. And that, to me, that's even worse to say that you didn't know because you are the police commissioner of the most powerful police department in the country or the most powerful the police a former most powerful police department because we see it's crumbling. I mean, by er every minute and every inch, every step that we take, the police department is crumbling. It's an embarrassment, an embarrassment at this point. It's not what it's out of. But she's the police commissioner. Whether she's actually taking a stance and she actually has operating decisions, she's there. And for her to stand by and not say that she knew about it and didn't agree with it, again, here's someone else that lacks moral principle. Absolutely. I got one better for you, too. The other thing I, I, I thought right when I seen it is, why wasn't she at the event? It's the first <laughs> female police commissioner, the first female black police commissioner, right? Why wasn't she at Girl Talk? You're going to try to tell me she wasn't invited to speak at the event? Come on. She didn't go yeah. through the optics of it. She could have put a squash. She could have put the kibosh on it. I mean, the whole thing's a fraud. 
that that she didn't know. I'm saying she definitely knew. I'm saying she's just checked out because she knows she knows what's going on. She sees it, and I think she's interviewing. I really do. That that's my opinion on it. I don't believe she'll be the commission, the police commissioner, uh, come this time next year. I don't. I don't believe she will. She will fulfill her, her whole term. I don't. I'm not a gambling man, but if I was making a bet right now, I would bet on blackjack, and I would say 100. percent I don't foresee. If we were going to do some foreshadowing right now, I don't foresee Commissioner Sewell actually being in the position that she's in. I think that she's keeping her mouth shut. Again, someone else that stays hush-hush because she's creating a pathway right now for some other other type of employment or some other latter part of her career for, for enhancement. I do believe, from what I've heard, I heard she's an intelligent lady. I've heard she's pretty smart. I've spoke to people that have worked in, in close proximity to her in, in uh, the National Police Department. Does that make her suitable for, for commissioner? No. I do think she understands she, she's in a position to keep her mouth shut. I don't think she agreed with the Cardi B incident, which is why she's not there, but she was a coward. She didn't speak up because she's in a position to make sure that she's creating a pathway for her career. It's all about self-preservation. Again, if everyone has a contribution to themselves, and this is about self-preservation, where's the public service? How are we serving the community? It's ironic. John, you served the community proudly. You served New York City proudly. And I did the same. And it's ironic. We are the ones sitting in this position. And the appearance at first was that we were detrimental to the public. Who's detrimental to the public here? We provide a service and we help the public. And we even put our lives on the line. And it's completely obvious that Chief Juanita Holmes did not put her life on the line. Because we don't have any arrest to reflect that she was in that position. Commissioner Sewell, we, we, don't, even, we don't even know what type of cop she was or detective, we, we, we don't even know because she was in another police department. We had never had an opportunity to actually hear from her and hear something that is actually genuine. It just appears that she's reading from a script. We haven't even seen her done many interviews. I don't agree with Dermot Shea. I don't agree with O'Neill, with these other commissioners, but we did see a lot of exposure and we did see them have numerous interviews and we did get some insight to what type of, uh, of people they are and what type of cops they were. I mean, we had high hopes, and unfortunately, politics did turn their way. But we don't know, Commissioner Sewell. We don't. But what we do know is that she cowered away. I find it hard to believe that a girl talk, a woman event, that you're not going to invite the first female black police commissioner. Forget about even black police commissioner. First female at a female event in close proximity to Women's Month. John, what you identified is absolutely true in this case. Yeah, it's, it's, it's again, they're so drunk with power. They just feel like they can put anything out and manipulate anything. I mean, and, and as much as the article kind of bashes them, it kind of is the narrative they want it spun to. So, you know, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's disingenuous to me. That, that's, that's all. I, I'm not buying it. You know, I'm happy for Sal, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not, I, he needs to be made whole. Like the kid needs to be made whole. City of New York destroyed his life. He cannot work again. You know, he cannot work again in law enforcement. He cannot go to any job where he needs a security clearance. He cannot go to all the jobs that he basically dedicated his life to be part of. Security jobs, 
all the jobs that me and you blackballed ourselves from too, Eric, but you know, <laughs> by speaking out, by being advocates for the police, being real advocates for the police, because we talk about the stuff that other people won't talk about because it's uncomfortable, whether it's race, whether it's sexism, whether it's whatever the hell it is, we're going to talk about it, right? And it's not comfortable and it's not politically correct. And, you know, but but Sal is really like me. We've made that decision. Sal didn't make that decision. Sal was forced into being blackballed to where he looks like he's a criminal. He's untrustworthy. And the kid did absolutely nothing wrong. The city of New York needs to make him whole. Everybody, Republican, Democrat, I don't care what you are. If you're in the law enforcement field in New York City, you should be standing behind Sal. You should be helping him out. The unions fell on their face with that. It's absolutely disgusting. It's absolutely, there was a wrongful termination. I didn't hear one thing from Pat Lynch on Sal Greco. It's an abomination. You know, I it breaks my heart every time I think about Sal. Every time I think about Sal, it breaks my heart. I'm like, what did this kid do? What did he really, really do wrong to get terminated? I, and, I, and, I, and I can't, and I can't think of it. And I, and I can't think of it. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know what he did. Like, you know, and, and I got one better for you. I really wouldn't have had a problem with Cardi B going to the, listen, I have a problem that she went to the girl talk. I don't like her music. I'm not a fan of it. I don't want my daughters listening to her music. I'm not a fan of her music at all. But I, I am, I am, I believe in having open, open conversation with people. And if someone wants to come and have a conversation, I would hear them out. And I think it could be beneficial, but she didn't even come there properly. She didn't even come there properly. She was court ordered to come there. She complained about it that morning. And she is a known criminal, right? She is a known criminal. She's a blood member. She hates the police. And again, with all that being said, I could brush that over if Sal Greco never happened. But I really do think, I think Sal Greco's fights all your fight. Criminal association, the charge of it, the NYPD also needs to be pulled out. It's it's wrongful. It's It's obviously used. To, to be punitive in the times they wanted to be punitive. The people that got fired for criminal uh, association, I only know a Sal Greco. I know people that got BCDs for criminal association. I know people that got warned and admonished for, for, uh, for criminal association. Sal Greco got terminated. He got his life destroyed. He got his career ripped from him. He got his good name taken away from him. He got bankrupted. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see he's doing good. I'm, I'm happy he had a, a, a victory today. Um, but this was a, a battle. This is going to be a long battle. This is a war and he needs to be made whole and the city of New York should do it immediately. They should, they should come begging him. Sorry, restore him and make this guy whole. It's absolutely ridiculous what happened to him. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You and I spoke about this offline. What happened to me and what happened to you in the New York City Police Department is an atrocity. Easily, I have should been, uh, I have should been, been promoted. I'm sorry, I should have been promoted to captain, and you should have been having, you should have had an opportunity to study for captain. You should have been in that position. However, unfortunately, due to the overzealous civilian complaint review board, I was passed over for promotion, and I was put in a position where, do I want to continue on? in another facet with the New York City Police Department and not do what I was paid, paid, trained, and what I love to do. And you were put in a position to stand on your moral principles and stick with your religious beliefs, which I'm super proud of you because that trumped your position in the New York City Police Department. However, with that being said, after hearing Sal's story over and over, 
I think that far surpasses what we've been through. The pain and anguish and the suffering that Sal Greco has endured, I think is unrepairable. I think he will move on. I think for the most part, he has moved on. I think there's a better purpose, a significant purpose for Sal Greco in his life. But the pain and the remembrance will never go away. The damage that was done to him during this time, the losses that he had, the relationships that have been removed, it will never change. However, there is good that comes out of bad. I do believe Sal and I had spoke offline also. And I did say, in good times, it's not a time to measure your friends. It's the bad times that you measure your friends and who's closest to you and who actually cares about you. So this was a great opportunity for Sal to see who actually cared about him, who supported him through the bad times, not through the good times. So when this case settles out, I hope that he's, he's driving a Ferrari or a Lamborghini and he drives past those people that didn't show him any concern, that didn't show him support. And I hope when they ask for a ride, he could just look at his watch and say, hey, buddy, I'm sorry. My Rolex says I'm busy. I got to get to my next location. You know what? Go catch a train. What Sal Greco had endured is is inhumane. I think he was treated like a second-class citizen. The amount of effort that he gave to the New York City Police Department, there was never an appreciation or gratitude. And here, here's the irony, John. As you and I uh, speak about this, and we constantly expose this, it shows that the New York City Police Department violates their own rules. The rules that they implement, the standards are set by the New York City Police Department for the patrol guy. It's funny, guys would say in the past, I would hear on the job, ah, the job sucks, the job sucks, look what's in this guy. It's not the job that sucks, the job is great, it's the people. And it's the people that actually change the rules. It's the chiefs, the, uh, the civilian commissioners in several positions within the New York City Police Department that actually have an impact and effect on that, on that patrol guide. It's my opinion, most of the rules are ambiguous, and it's ambiguous for a reason, so that the patrol guide can be manipulated to penalize and be punitive to those they choose to, to serve in that manner. And it's also a guide in that manner so that nepotism can be a factor and favors when it goes into a manner of assisting loved ones or someone that's part of a deity or someone that needs to be kept hush-hush in a position j just as we are seeing here today. What an atrocity. It's just disgusting to see. You know what? I, listen, honestly, John, I don't wish people bad. I don't wish Juanita Holmes to get fired. I don't wish her for, to change the course of her life and the course of her career. But I do believe in principle. And, we, and, and, and I said this uh, last time as well. If it's not good for Roger Stone, then it's not good for Cardi B. If Roger Stone and Sal Greco was never a factor, I would be okay with Cardi B as, uh, as being presented in New York City Police Department for an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? You can be a felon and you could actually become a celebrity in your life. That doesn't mean that you're a good person, moral principle, but you could become a celebrity and have money. But since we're showing a double standard and Sal Greco received pain and anguish and suffering for this, that's where I have a problem with it. I agree. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, you know, it was, it was politically motivated. The whole thing was, was politically motivated. It was a politically motivated attack. And, you know, even even the tweet I put out, Vibe Magazine wrote about it, the Daily News, was all this hate. I was getting messages from everybody. Oh, it could be a positive thing. I'm like, I, I had to put out a tweet a few days later because the messages were just wouldn't stop. 
And I'm like, you all not understanding what I'm saying. I'm not knocking that Cardi B was there. I don't care. <laughs> not knocking Cardi B. I'm saying that the police department is politically biased and does not follow their own rules. They're hypocrites. That's what I'm saying. I'm pointing out the hypocrisy. That was what that tweet was about. It wasn't about, oh, Cardi B was there. I don't give a fuck that Cardi B was there. I'm saying <laughs> the fact that she was there highlights the hypocrisy in the upper echelon of the job where they feel like the rules don't apply to them. The rules only apply to everybody else. And, you know, to, to be the largest law enforcement agency in the world, to ignore your own rules, to ignore law that's written down, like we've seen with Sal Greco, like we've seen with the vaccine mandate, like we've seen during the 2020 riots, to ignore all these things and say silent to me, it's larger, it's larger to me than just being a coward. It's it's even it even goes further than that. It goes, you're actually an accomplice in all of it because you're gonna sit there and tell me that you you enforce law and but yet you don't know. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that you don't know any of this law. We I know all of you know what was illegal. I know you know the mandates were never illegal. I, I know you know what's going on in the district attorney's offices, not right. And I know you guys know what happened to Sal Greco, particularly during his investigation, was not right. You ruined the kid's life. And then you're going to sit there and pretend that you give a shit about cops' mental health. Sal was the perfect profile for people that killed themselves. But he has, a, he has faith in God. And that's what held on. And that's why he's alive today. Because of his faith, because of his upbringing, he's still here. But I'm sure, like I said on the last podcast, there was your 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 uh, your uh, copy and paste tweet where you just put out, "Oh, no one should ever commit suicide." Here's the number. They obviously don't give a shit about anybody. Um, I'm not I'm not happy to see Juanita Holmes get kicked out, but she didn't get kicked out. Like I said, she got another higher paying job. I even think it was more devious than that. I think she was always getting that job because I heard that there was a rift between her and the police commissioner years back. We obviously know she came back because she wanted to be the police commissioner. He can't chance to well surpassed her. Got that. I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a little uh, back and forth, like a womanly thing. Like, hey, I was on this job 30 years. This young girl came and took my job. I'm sure there was that there. So she was probably looking for the spot anyway. She was probably saying, get this girl out of here. Make me the commissioner. And that was already on the table anyway. And this just was an easy out for everyone to get out of this, to try to scramble to make this lawsuit look better. That's my opinion. Um, and, you know, I I think we kind of nailed it. I think we, we kind of nailed it home. Now, those, you know, it's my opinion. That That's my opinion. Those are really my closing statements on on Car the Cardi B incident and on, on this latest move with, saying somebody's out of the New York City Police Department but making them a commissioner in a different agency. <laughs> well, I, I would like to add this. If they did have that girl talk, that's funny that we're saying girl talk, right? Because Cardi B had girl talk. But if the commissioner and Juanita Holmes, former chief who's now a commissioner herself, if they had that conversation, I hope that Commissioner Sewell was able to tell her, hey, I got more collars than you. That I hope was part of the conversation. Hey, Chief Holmes, I looked up your record. You don't have any collars. I don't know what you were doing, but I got. Even if it was in Nassau, I hope she had more collars than her. And I'm gonna put my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet that she probably did. Because if you had one collar, you had more than she had. Yeah. So, you know what, John? I agree with you. I think we nailed it. 
I think we've addressed this. We talked about this with a roundtable at Roger Stone. You and I talked this prior to that on other podcasts. We've we've highlighted this Cardi B hypocrisy along with Roger Stone and Sal Greco. But if I was in Sal's position, I, I would keep hammering this, out, hammering this out. And I would never want the New York City Police Department to ever forget this. I would say you're always going to see my face. Obviously, Sal Greco is going to be paid handsomely at some point. But I think the most important thing that comes out of this is that his name gets repaired and restored. That's number one. Money comes and goes. Money comes in your hands, comes out of your hands. But the most important thing is that his name gets restored. And you refer to it as being whole. I agree. It's, it's being. I, I think he has to be acceptance of himself as a whole. Because I, I'm sure at some point the opportunity for him to get his job back will probably be there as well, along with a substantial payout. But I do believe at this point he's far removed, and I think he's better off on a new path. And I think we'll have complete significance in that manner. And I do think that he could be uh, a good role model and a mentor to young police officers throughout the country. He should go speaking out to young police officers throughout the country and let them know about his position. I don't know if other police departments in the country have this criminal association rule. I think it's extremely ambiguous how it's written in the, in the police department, the patrol guide. Because what it says is to knowingly associate with someone with a, 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 a criminal past or someone who's likely to engage in criminal conduct, that that is a prohibited off-duty conduct I, I, or, or an on-duty conduct, as we said, because there's no exceptions. But I don't even understand what does that mean? I mean, are you going to uh, conduct a level three Terry stop on everyone who's a potential friend? and interrogate them and find out if they're going to commit further crime. And isn't that the point of serving, doing jail time as such, is rehabilitation? I mean, unfortunately, you can pick your friends, but we don't always get to pick our families. So, so there are going to be cops that have family members that have done jail time. Should they have to write those family members off? I don't think so. They're still your family. Uh, I, You know, that doesn't mean that you should, you know, if you have, you had a family member that committed a robbery that when they get out, you're going to assist them with that robbery. A absolutely not. But that's still your family. How are you going to avoid that family member? It's, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. It's completely ambiguous. It's time for change. And this is the opportunity. This, this incident should be the catalyst for change when it comes to this ambiguous rule that should not even apply in 2023 in the policing in the modern era. I agree with you. And I, I think the most ridiculous part about the criminal association, this is my last thing, the most ridiculous <laughs> part about the criminal association is that likely to engage in. You cannot associate with someone who's who's engaged in criminal activity or likely to engage in criminal activity. Who, who is that? That's everybody. Yeah. Everybody's likely to engage. And then, and then when you really break it down and you start to think about it, you start to think about how biased and discriminatory and racist it is. Now, who's likely to engage in, in, in criminal activity? Who's more likely to be arrested? Black and brown people, right? Who is more likely to be arrested at the time, at, at the time when they implemented the rule? It was Italian and Jewish males, right? Like, it was, it's, it's done to sit there and, and, and beat up on the minority communities. Whatever they are at the time, whoever that may be, whoever is socioeconomically down, you're more likely to engage in criminal activity than the kid that grew up in Westchester because you grew up in New York City. 
you're more likely to engage in criminal activity because you went to public school than the kid that went to a Catholic school. You know, and and when you break it down like that and you really start to think about it, you're like, well, that's just a catch all. They're going to hit everybody with it. But just the fact that that's even in there is so discriminatory. So I, I don't even want to say racist. It's just it's just discriminate because you could just twist it whatever way you want, you know, and it, it just shouldn't happen. Um, and I just want to make a message to Cardi B because she was a little upset about the articles that came out and Cardi. I just want to let you know, I got nothing but love for you and your WAP. It had never nothing to do with you. It had absolutely nothing to do with you. It was the hypocrisy of the thing. So take that as, as my apology. Well, uh, safety goes for me. Listen, I actually enjoyed, there was two uh, female police officers in the 4-0 precinct about two years ago when they were singing uh, they were singing "Wet Ass Pussy" from Cardi B in the car together, and it was, it was, it was, it was. A, it was a, honestly, it looked like they were having a fun time. They were just in the patrol guard, they're working together, they're having a couple of laughs, they're singing the song together. But it, it was made a big deal on the job. So Cardi B, as John said, I got love for you. You know what? You don't have to like the police, but we had to expose the hypocrisy. You know what? I, I don't think you, honestly, I, I don't think you should be doing girl talk. But you know what? I'm more power to you. I'm happy that you're out there making money. God bless you. I got nothing against you. But we had to expose the hypocrisy. And it's our job to expose the truth and stand up for moral principles. So if you're watching this, you know what? I'll listen to your song. I got no problem with it. <laughs> That's it, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. New York's finest retired unfiltered podcast. Loves Cardi B and Hawaii. <laughs> Take care, everybody. You got it.